The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When John the Baptist heard in prison of the works of the Christ, he sent his disciples to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Jesus said to them in reply, Go tell him what you hear and see. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Blessed is the one who takes no offense at me. As they were going off, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? Then what did you go out and see? Someone dressed in fine clothing? Those who wear fine clothing are in royal palaces. Then why did you go out? To see a prophet? This is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. Amen, I say to you. Among those born of woman, there has been none greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of the Lord. All things new, all things new. In Revelation 21, verse 5, we, we let the living word of God speak to us. Jesus says, the Lord is sitting on his throne, and he says, I will make all things new. This Sunday of preparation, this third Sunday of preparation in the season of Advent, is called Gaudete Sunday, from the word Gaudere, which means joy. It's a different type of joy than Letizia, which is a superficial passing joy, not bad, but a joy in the type of joy we experience when we gather as family and we have a meal. But then that meal ends and everybody goes their separate ways. It's a passing joy. Gaudere is a deep, profound joy that's deep within our heart, independent of what the world throws at us. It's a joy towards something that we're looking forward to. Two words this third Sunday of Advent that I'd like to propose to each one of us, not just for this third Sunday of Advent, this Advent of, this Sunday of joy, but for a lifetime. Two words for a lifetime. Look forward. Look forward. In the first Sunday of Advent, we saw Mo, uh, Noah 
and how Noah, hearing God's plan, understanding the wisdom of God, built an ark in the midst of a desert, and he looked forward to God and God's promise that was made to him and his family. And the invitation that first weekend was to build an ark for your family, build an ark for your, for your, for your heart within an ark, an ark of faith, to build up our faith. Last week we saw John the Baptist preaching on the shoreline of the Jordan River with a flood of humanity coming at him. A flood of humanity, almost overwhelmed by the humanity. And he was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, the Savior that everybody was anticipating. And he was that messenger. But he was so overwhelmed with that, he was like, hey, I'm here to tell you, I am not the one. There's one coming after me. I'm here to prepare the way, and I'm not worthy to undo his sandal strap. I baptize with you with water, but he will come and he will baptize you with fire, with the Holy Spirit. That must have been a great moment of joy for John the Baptist, looking forward to be looking out and seeing the crowds of people coming and to know that the Messiah must have been near. And we know in that encounter, his own cousin came walking to that river. And he heard the father say over him and a dove fall upon him, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What joy that must have brought to the heart of John the Baptist as he was looking forward. Yet this Sunday in the Liturgy of the Word, we see a different scene. There's John the Baptist in the later part of his mission on earth, in prison, in a moment of struggle, in a moment of doubt, in a moment of concern. <clears throat> He's trying to fully understand his purpose in life and plan. So he, his disciples come to him. And he sends his disciples to Jesus, his cousin. He says, hey, go to my cousin. You know, my cousin who I played four square with and gaga pit and we played hacky sack and we kicked the soccer ball. My cousin, Jesus, we used to hang out. Go to him. Because I'm a little confused here. I don't know everything. I don't, I don't know God's plan here. I don't, I don't know it all. I'm confused. Maybe he didn't say all that, but in his heart he was struggling. He found himself in a moment of darkness and he said, Go to my cousin and ask him, Is he the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? John the Baptist, when we hear him preach... We, we can see him kind of this mix between repent, repent, and that a Messiah is coming. And the, the hope of the time that was a Messiah was going to come and bring almost in a way heaven on earth to fix everything. To get everything politically right, everything well, so that everybody could be at a degree of peace and live the faith. The Messiah who was going to save them in that time. So his disciples go to, G, go to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, go tell John. Go tell John. And for sure, he being the living word of God, Isaiah, which was read today, go tell John that the blind see, the deaf can hear, the lame, the lame are walking, lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised. 
the good news is preach to the poor. And hey, when you see my cousin, tell him. Tell him, add one more beatitude to the Mount of Beatitudes. You remember when I talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the peacemakers. Add one more, add one more to that list. Blessed are those who take no offense at me. So they go back and tell John. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't, I don't know what's going on in your world. I can't know. But I know our beloved Lord does know. He knew what was going on in the heart of his cousin whom he loved. And we know he loved his cousin because after his cousin made that ultimate sacrifice of his martyrdom, we know that Jesus went off to a distant moment to pray, to be with his apostles, to wrap his head around that loss that he experienced in his heart, his sacred heart. And then it said he stepped from a boat and the flood of people, the flood of humanity came at him. And his heart was moved for compassion for them, for you and for me. They were like sheep without a shepherd and he began to minister them and heal them. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know if you may be struggling with certain degrees of doubt or darkness. Whether it's an illness of a loved one or a loved one who has passed from this life to the next. Or maybe it's a certain degree of depression or doubt or worry or anxiety. And you can really identify with John the Baptist right now. And you're like, Father, I'm in a prison. I feel locked up. I'm, I'm in a degree of darkness. And I'm suffering. And it's me and I'm there. And the light of the world, I'm here to tell you, is coming into your heart. Jesus is coming. And the invitation for you and me, like John the Baptist, is to look forward with anticipation. To spend our life like Noah to spend our life like John the Baptist, investing in our faith, investing in building that security in our heart that our Lord is our rock when the, when the wind and the waves start buffeting us, our boat deep within our heart, we look forward with anticipation to our Savior. We know the end of the story. We know the nativity. We know Christmas is coming and the little ones are looking forward. They're looking forward to that moment with joy, with anticipation. This is a period of preparation for all of us. Like the athletes who prepare that St. Paul spoke about preparing. And it's difficult because James in the, in the second reading is speaking about be patient. Be patient. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. He's coming. In this season of Advent, every single year is a preparing of our hearts for that second coming which will come. We spend our whole lives building that ark. We spend our whole lives investing in our relationship with Jesus and he invests in us and he will come. And to look forward to that encounter with Jesus as we look forward to that encounter with him every Mass Every opportunity we have to break open his word. 
to allow him to speak to us. We've spoken the past few weeks about power tools and building your ark and all those different things, the floods coming and all that. But what we're really focusing on, my brother, sister in Christ, truly is those power tools given to us, those gifts that are given to us that give us everything we need to build up that security in our heart that our Savior is coming, that Jesus loves us. And those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude. We spoke about those the past two weeks. Today, briefly, speaking about two others that were there with John. One is knowledge. The other is piety. Knowledge. Knowledge, my brothers and sisters in Christ, very simple. God is the creator. We are the creatures. God is the creator. When was the last time that I picked up a sandwich and maybe had a slice of tomato on it? Someone told me this once, no joke. And looked at that sandwich and marveling at our creator that God, our creator, that tomato was created, that slice of tomato was created just for me. And that God created that tomato. And as I eat this sandwich, I want to bless the farmer who brought that tomato off the ground. I want to bless that trucker who brought it to the store. I want to bless that attendant who was putting it on the shelf. And the air things that go pss, pss, pss with the water. And the music playing, the person who ran the music, and the person pushing the card. I want to bless that person. I want to, and that tomato, and the person at the cash checkout counter. And there, and because you're the creator, God, and you created this tomato for me. When we get disappointed in life, is when we do not look forward. Look forward to our creator. Look to the sun sunrises. Look to the sunsets. Look with a joyful anticipation and hope that this God who created this world good created you and me and he created us with a plan. And the knowledge of God is that we are his creatures. He is our creator and he has a place for us. So maybe in that darkness, the gift of knowledge came to John the Baptist after receiving news from his disciples. That the lame can now walk. That lepers can cleanse, be cleansed. Only God can do that. It's got to be the Messiah. The gift of knowledge. Can we unpack that gift at our dinner table this week? Take a few moments. Unpack that gift. Talk about the knowledge of God in your life. The little things that you saw as a family in the course of your week. The second gift to unpack that was there with John the Baptist, that was there with Noah building the ark, that was there with the prophets and the saints who have gone before us, the gift of piety, prayer. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us this, number 2725, prayer is both a gift of God's grace, we ask for it, give me the gift, teach me to pray, Lord. It's a gift of God's grace. And it's, always, and it's also a determined response on our part. I'm going to make some time to pray. Give me the gift, Lord, the gift of prayer. I'm going to set aside some time to pray. It always presupposes effort. If prayer requires effort, welcome to the club. 
how can I, in these final weeks of preparation, prepare my heart by setting aside some time for prayer? Maybe just as simple as picking up the Word of God and reading it, turning off the radio in the car and letting the Holy Spirit speak to our heart. Letting God speak to our heart, even in the midst of darkness, let His light come in through His living Word and let the Holy Spirit provide us the counsel that we need in order to see the way. Jesus is the way. My brothers and sisters in Christ, as we continue this Eucharistic celebration, let us look forward. Let us look forward in anticipation for the coming of our Lord who comes as our Savior. Look forward.